Before I introduce, we have two speakers, a 10-minute speaker, and then Asia's going to come, just let her rip, and we're going to do some words of knowledge and see what God's doing. But that further scripture in Psalm 68 is really a remarkable text. Now, from the Passion Bible, it says, You, O God, sent the reviving rain upon your weary inheritance, showers of blessing to refresh it. And so there your people settled. And in your kindness, you provided the poor with abundance. God Almighty declares the word of the gospel with power, and the warring women of Zion deliver its message. You know, in the New King James, it just talks about that great is the company of those who minister your word. But if you look it up in the original text, it's actually speaking of great will be the company of women. Now men, we're not, not left out. I mean, that's a... Your sons and your daughters, your men servants and your maid servants. He will pour out his spirit in those days. And uh, so anyway, we got two of those women that God is pouring out his spirit on who have a word great will be the company of women. So maybe as these two share, it will just spread on all of our women today and men and, and who knows. Margaret. She's like the matriarch of our church. She's going to meet our Tim and the speaker. And then you give the mic to Asia whenever you're through. So Asia, be ready to run up and then run with it. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you, hey. <laughs> uh, to most of you, I'm Mother Margaret. So I'm Mother Margaret. And Pastor David asked me if I'd like to be the 10-minute speaker this morning. And I said no. And then I told him I'd pray about it. Well, it's easy to say no to Pastor David, but it wasn't easy to say no to God. So, so here I am. I'm your 10-minute speaker. Uh, I really wanted to share just a little testimony of what's happened to me in the last few weeks, but it's been ongoing for some time. And I wanted to speak to you about voices. There are so many voices in the world today. I mean, we all have our cell phones from the smallest to the greatest to the oldest. Everybody has their cell phone. And there are many, many voices in the world today. Not all are good or edifying, but anyway, we have the voice of the Lord. And Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord when they were in the garden. But then they heard, Eve heard the voice of the tempter. And it's not changed today. It's still the very same. So I wanted to give a personal testimony of God's victory. And I thank you, Haley, for singing the blood. That's my favorite song and such a confirmation this morning when she sang about the blood of Jesus. It washes away our sins, makes us pure. It's my very favorite song, so thank you, Haley. <laughs> she was right on target. Uh, so anyway, um, for some months, I can't even tell you how many months, I've been hearing a word 
a voice in my head, and the voice said, too little, too late, too old. I'd hear it in the evening when I go to bed, I'd hear it in the morning when I woke up, or when I was doing. Now, at first it was very subtle. It just flipped by me, you know, because of circumstances. And then later it became very aggressive, very too little, too late, too old. It became really heavy. Now, circumstances were backing up those voices <laughs> because I was about to celebrate my 84th birthday. In June, I went to the hospital with a mini-stroke. My husband wanted us to see a lawyer and make out a new will. <laughs> so circumstances were kind of lining up with too little, too late, too old. About two weeks ago, my husband went to work, and I stepped out on the deck. My husband went to work, and I stepped out on the deck of our home, and um, that's bright. <laughs> I stepped out on the deck of my home, and I heard it again. The three. That's too bright. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so um, I heard it again, and I was still in my pajamas and my house coat, and Don had gone to work, and I was out there on the little deck there, and my knees literally hit the floor. I knelt down. I went down. And I put my hand over my head like this, and I gave it to God. I gave those three words to God. I spoke them out loud, too little, too late, too old. And I spoke them out to God. And I laid there with my knees kneeling, kneeling on my knees with my arm over my head. And I gave it to God. I gave it up, just like I felt like I gave it up. And anyway, I waited a little while, and then it seemed like a shift like a little wind or something had come, and the atmosphere had changed around me. And I thought, ooh, this is good. And I sat and knelt down there in peace, in total peace. Now later on, as I went uh, inside to get dressed, of course, and start my day, um, I heard the Lord say, it's not too little, it's not too late, and you're not too old. <laughs> Amen. And as I went inside, I don't know if it was that same night or maybe it was the night after, I began to have an increase in dreams, an increase in visions, an increase in prophetic words. It just grew and grew and grew. And uh, it was just so God. And then on top of everything else, the Lord began to bless Don, my husband, and I financially. It was amazing. It came quickly. It was just like all our bills were paid. We had some bills forgiven us. We had money coming in. And you know what? God said more than enough. We had more than enough. We had some left over. <laughs> and so God always has the last word. So I want to speak to you about be careful of the words you're listening to. And you know what? Don't fight them. Give it to God. Tell them it's not too little. It's not too late. You're not too old. And youth, you're not too young. You're right where you should be, and you're going to fulfill your destiny. And that's the word of the Lord. And so I just wanted to tell you that there are many voices in the world, and I want all of us to hear the voice of God. So that's a little testimony that I've had in the last few weeks, and we've had a tremendous victory because it's not too little, it's not too late, and I'm certainly not too old. <laughs>
Amen. God restores our youth, right? We will run and we will not grow weary. We will walk and we will not faint. That's his promise. So that word is true for all of us because I'm 28 and sometimes I feel like I'm too little, too late, and too old. I get tired. So there's a couple things that I just really feel pressing on my heart today. It's going to look a little choppy. It's been a really long, amazing weekend, so I'm asking for your grace and for your love. If my flesh comes out, forgive me. If I offend you, forgive me. But know that I'm just up here, and my heart is just purely to love God and to love you guys. So I'm going to do my very best, okay? (laughs) Okay, so Father, we just, right now in Jesus' name, we sanctify this time to you, God. We give everything right now to you, God. We give it all over. We give every distraction. We give every every thought that you may not come, God, because you're faithful. You're here. We give all of those thoughts. We give all of our weariness. We give all of our, our just exhaustion to you, Lord. We're expectant. We're expectant for you to refill. We're expectant for you to come and revive us. We're expectant for you to fill us with life, God. And I thank you for that, Jesus. I just lay my life down now, God. I ask that you use me. In Jesus' name. Does anybody ever feel like God just continually does weird things with him? Like, I feel like I'm that person that weird stuff just always happens to and through, and I don't always know how to handle it when it's happening. But he brings revelation, and it all comes together. So it's going to sound rabbit trails, but it's kind of come together. So three weeks ago, I woke up on a Sunday morning, and I heard God's voice so clearly. He said, change of seasons. It's a change of seasons. And I was like, half asleep. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? It's a change of seasons. And I heard that so clear, and it rang in my spirit for a week. I woke up the next morning, and there's no feasible way that there could have been literal physical change, coins, in my bed. But I woke up, and I was sleeping on a pile of coins. And I was like change. It's change. Change is coming. And I was like, God, that's weird. And the next day, I went to bed. I cleared out. I looked. I was like, there's nothing here. But I woke up, and I had pennies stuck to me all over my body. And I'm like, God, can we just have a conversation? Can we, I'll listen. If you just tell me, I'm going to like hear you out. Can we cut out the weirdness? I kind of like it. It keeps my life interesting, though. So I don't know if you guys remember the last time I was given the opportunity to speak, God had given me a word about judgment. And it was nine days before the change of the seasons. It was nine days before spring or winter turned to spring. Nine is the number of God's perfect judgment. Nine is the number of the perfect movement of God. And here we are. And today... Today is the last day before the Jewish New Year calendar. And Rosh Hashanah is a time of celebration. And Rosh Hashanah is a time of celebration. But it leads into 10 days of penitence and repentance before the day of judgment, Yom Kippur. So I'm here with the very same message. I can't get away from it. And I don't always like bringing these hard things. I, I love to just enjoy God. But what I want to talk about today is his judgment. It's a time of introspection. It's a time to look inside of ourselves 
and find all of those little foxes that have come to spoil the vine. Amen. There are places in our heart, just like you were saying, there are voices that come at us. There are voices that try to distract us from our calling, from our purpose, from our destiny. Yesterday, yesterday, I fought so hard against the voice that says, you're just a woman. Who are you to preach? Why would God give you the authority to preach? You're supposed to submit to your husband. Go be a pastor's wife somewhere. And I had to fight that all afternoon. I, oh, it was so hard. I had to fight the idea that I had anything to do with the success of what happened this weekend. I had nothing to do with it. But I had that voice come and say, you are a failure. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm obedient. I showed up. That's my success. I came and was available. Amen. And it was a great event. It was incredible. And I want to talk a little bit about it later, but I want to stay focused on what what we're doing now because I want to do ministry time at the end with our teams that were with us at the Take the City event a little bit later this morning. Just trying to find a place. Okay, so I found something interesting this morning. Is that it's still summer. We have 12 days of summer left, and we're coming into fall. But 12 is also the number of the government of God, which deals with his judgment as well. So what I was saying in March was that there's a season in birthing, in, in women's birthing processes, where the pain becomes so intense that they decide that they can't do it and they want to stop. If they stop pushing, the mother and the child can die at that moment. If they stop pressing in, if they stop the process, they will die, both. And so it is important, it's vitally important for the birthing coach, the father, the midwife, the nurses, to push them past that point to say, keep going. Keep pressing. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You have to coach them into it. And that, that process is vitally important. And so the number nine is the completion of what God is birthing. It is the perfect movement of God. And so I felt like the body at that time was in that process of birthing where we're just like, oh, God, it's so hard. Lord, I can't go any further. I can't do it anymore. The battle's been too hard, and I can't fight. I can't press. But we're pressed past that point now. And now we're at the completion of the thing. And so what God has been birthing inside of us has come forth. But this is time, this is a time where we have to judge ourselves. Because we'll be judged by our own works, right? So the little foxes are things that we allow in, right? And little foxes aren't always just blatant sin. Little foxes can be a substance, a little fox can be an idea. It can be um, an action. It can be the way you speak to one another. It can be your lack of love. A little fox can be your disappointments. And it can be your disappointment in God. <clears throat> it can be your, that's just confirmation, and it's confirmation to what I've been fighting with. I feel strongly that, just confirmation, and it's confirmation to what I've been fighting with. I feel strongly that a lot of the foxes that we fight with are our thoughts and our emotions. And I've been in a season where God has been teaching me to take every thought captive. 
again and again and again and again until it submits. And so I'll have these thoughts come at me, these condemnations, these just, oh God, they're terrible, terrible things. Just, they beat me down. And I'll have to stop and I'll say, no, I take every thought captive right now in the name of Jesus. Even being analytical, because I am so guilty of that. I am the most analytical. I need plan A, B, C, and D. And I need to know exactly how they're going to go. I need to know every sub-step and how to get to it from B to C. So even when I begin to analyze, and even when we're analyzing, and we're trying to analyze out the Lord, because he'll have his way no matter what. We can't, we can't plan him out. So even my own analytical mind is a fox for me. And so this next 10 days, the challenge I have for us as a body and as a people is to search our own hearts and to find those foxes and root them out. And I want to read, whenever I feel far away from the Lord, I read Song of Songs and I just weep. I weep like a baby because I remember his love. So I'm going to read, read out of Song of Songs, Song of Songs 2, 10 through 15. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, and the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing birds is come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens, and the, her green figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth their fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, my dove, thou art the in the clefts of the rock. I get so emotional when I read this. I'm sorry. In the cover of the steep place, let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice, for thy voice is sweet and thy countenance is comely. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in the blossom. So what I really have just been kind of encountering in my life and seeing prophetically as a body and as a people is that what the foxes are coming to do is to steal our intimacy from the Lord. It is to steal that place. And I'm not talking about coming to church, and I'm not talking about having a nice worship time here. I'm talking about what you do alone, what you do in your secret place, what you do when there's no one watching you. What do you do? I can tell you what I do. I've been sitting on Facebook scrolling, that's stealing from me, my relationship with him. And what is he saying? He's saying, your voice is sweet. I want to see you. Your countenance is comely. Come to me. And he's asking us to come, and he's beckoning us to come. And there's so many things that would just try to keep us from that. The enemy of our souls has, has every desire to keep us from that. So we have a part in that. Because he's given us free will. We have the choice to say, no, I'm not going to allow anything to take me from him. And I'm not going to allow anything to take him from me. And we have to fight. There was a time in the last six months where I lost my fight and I was just done. I was done. I was ready to go back to Florida and get a secular job and live with my family and live a normal life. And I was ready just to, to be through with it because I had so much coming at me and it was too hard. It was too hard. 
And I know we've all been in that place of giving up. I was in that place where I needed people come, to come around me and say, no, you can do it. Keep pushing. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You're almost there. And God sent those people to me. And he sent people to speak life into me and bring me back to life when I was dry and when I was hurting. And so I want to be that person for you today, right now. You can do it. Keep going. It's not done. You're not done. Your destiny has not been taken from you. You have not lost it. God is fighting for you, and he's so desirous of you. He wants every part of you. He wants you. So I'm asking us to get awkward for a minute. I'm asking us to get quiet for a second. I'm going to stop talking. We're all going to close our eyes and let the Lord work in our hearts for just a minute. I want you to ask him to show you where the foxes are. Okay, we're going to start. You guys stay with the Lord, but I'm going to tell you what I see in the spirit right now. I see like all of you, like little kernels of popcorn. <laughs> one is popping open and one is popping open, and that's the revelation that God is giving you. So when God shows you what that thing is, repent and repent quickly. Don't be slow to it. Don't wait. Don't wait till you get home. Repent right now. Let him break your heart. We're going to give him another minute to work in us. I want to encourage you through the week, through this week, the next 10 days, find these little things and catch them. Catch them where they are and, and throw them out. <sighs> the thing that sets apart our God 
from every other God is intimacy. It's relationship. It is the fact that he desires us more than we desire him. It's his love that came for us first, right? He gave everything for us. I don't know if you guys get that. Everything. He bankrupt heaven. Everything he had, he gave for you. How can we turn away? How could we walk away from that? That's what sets us apart. And I'm not talking to you as someone who's been in church my whole life. I have just searched out other religions. I have tried other things. And my whole life was a pursuit to search for something real something honest and something true, something that had meaning, something that had depth, something I always knew and understood that existed but I couldn't find. I searched for him my whole life, my whole life, from a little child. And I think as Christians, we have such a wonderful life and we're so blessed that we forget. We we lose sight of what life was like before him. We lose sight of how little we had. We lose sight of what the absolute devoid, sinking, shallow feeling it was to have no love whatsoever, to have only fake love, false love, things that weren't true. What we have in him is so precious. It's so precious, and it becomes a professional Christianity that we walk through life with, that we, we are Christian businessmen and women. We, and I don't mean that in like an actual entrepreneurial setting. I mean that we do Christianity professionally and we need to stop. It needs to stop. It needs to carry on being what it was supposed to be from the beginning. It's a relationship between him and us. And there's fruit that comes from that. There's fruit that happens when you can tell and you can see it in someone when they have a relationship with Christ. I met a woman recently. I don't know what it was about her, but I could barely look at her. She was glowing. She glowed. Her face was transfigured like Moses. And I'm sitting there and I'm barely able to look at her and I'm like squinting and trying to look away, not trying to be rude, but I, I can't like gaze at her. There's something about her relationship with God that has literally transfigured her life, that it shows so much from the inside that it is pouring out on the outside. That is where we should be. That is where we should desire to be anyways. No condemnation. I'm not putting any pressure on you to perform or do anything, but that is where we should desire to be. That's where I want to be. I want to be so little of Asia and so much of him that when people see me, they just see him. The fruit of that relationship is walking like him, is talking like him. Because when you're with someone, I'm not married, but a married couple, you guys end up acting like each other, and you end up taking on each other's traits, and you end up sitting like each other and walking like each other and you use the same phrases, right? How much more should it be like that with our one true husband, with our father? It should be just like that. We should be so near to him and we should be so close to him that we, we even smell like him. Amen? And I feel like that is the importance of this season. That is what is so important about this time is that we just 
take away all of the rocks, all of the stones that have just built up inside of us, that have kept us from him, that have walled off their garden. You know, my secret place is a garden. And sometimes I'll close my eyes and I'll go there, and it's overgrown with weeds and vines. And <laughs> it's, it sounds silly, but it's a visual interpretation of what my heart and what my intimacy looks like. Because if you're a gardener, you're not going to let vines grow all over your garden. You're going to keep it cleaned up. You're going to keep it from choking the life out of the other plants, right? What does your garden look like? <laughs> what? Mine's not great right now. I'm working on it, though. Physically and... <laughs> Literally and spiritually. Um, it's just Devin's laughing because I literally started gardening this week and I've never grown anything in my life, so. <laughs> or, well, I've grown it, but not really well. They die quickly. Side, sidebar, I, I killed succulents. They're like impossible to kill, but I, I did it. I did it. So, I'm going to shift. I'm going to talk about the event, but I'm going to talk about it because I, I want to share my heart about my position here and why God has sent me here. I am the outreach director. Tony Miosi back there called me the outreach pastor, and it shifted everything. So I've been saying I'm the outreach pastor because the fruit of that has been, it's been crazy. Like, it was so prophetic when he said that to me, and I didn't even understand. But from that moment, like, everything just turned upside down in, like, the best Jesus kind of way. And um, <clears throat> so my heart, my desire, is that I don't have to lead it. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you hear me? I don't want to lead you guys and to be the one driving you. I want to teach you and I want to disciple you. And my desire is to see more and more people showing the fruit of walking and talking and smelling like Jesus in their life. That's my desire. I don't, I like hosting events. I don't love it. That's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to do. It's fantastic, but it's not my heart. It's a great way to facilitate, and it's a great way to teach, but it's not why God put me here. So my desire is that we just begin to see fruit. I want to hear about your fruit when you go to Walmart. I want, to, I, want you, I want 10 people to come up to me every Sunday and tell me about somebody who got healed in the streets just because they were obedient, and they heard the Lord, and they prayed for someone or someone who got saved. I want to see people getting baptized every Sunday because we had so many salvations during the week. That's what I want. Okay, so if you see that, that's, that's the direction we're heading, and I believe that wholeheartedly, that God shifted something so we're heading, and I believe that wholeheartedly, that God shifted something so incredibly over this weekend. Even the last few weeks, I was so encouraged last Monday night, we had a couple of our young adults just give testimonies about how um, they stepped out uh, and just were praying for people intentionally, out loud, like with boldness. And I was like, yes, God. I was like, I, because I, 
I haven't seen it, and I've been here a year, and I've been plowing, and we've been tilling, and I'm faithful. I'm like, Lord, when's it going to happen? Let's, can, we, can we get it moving? Can we get something going? And I'm starting to see it, and I'm so encouraged. I'm so grateful to the Lord, and I'm, I'm just so, oh, so happy. Do you know, I told you guys earlier that I told the Lord that I was just going to leave, and I was going to go get a regular job. Do you know what he said to me? He laughed at me. And he said, you're, you'd be miserable. You're not going to do that. And I was like, you know me too well. Thank you, Jesus. So take the city. It was super powerful. We had, we had a lot of personal ministry time, which I think we needed. Just as a people, sometimes we just are in a place where we need it. But we also had a lot of discipleship training on words of knowledge and giving words of knowledge. And I've seen it move in my own life where I've been out on the streets and I've been talking to someone and people will shut you down if I say, hey, can I pray for you? They're like, nah, no thanks. And the Lord will be like, tell them about their kidney failure. And I'll turn around and be like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bother you. I'd, I really don't want to take up your time. But do you happen to have kidney failure? And they're like, what? Are you serious? Yeah, I do. I'm like, can I pray for you? I'm like, God just showed me that so he can heal you. And they're like, yeah, definitely. And I can't tell you time and time and time and time again and how many people I've gotten to lead to the Lord because of a situation and a circumstance like that where God has just come in and broken right there. And do you understand that I'm not special? It is not any less available to you. It is available to every single one of us. We all have the ability to hear the voice of God and to be able to touch people's lives. And that's, that's what I want. I want that in you guys. I want that confidence, that boldness. Man, I cannot tell you how many times I got it wrong. I'm going to tell you a funny story. I used to be the most timid person you would have ever imagined I could be in a room for eight hours, and you wouldn't even know I was there because I would not speak. I was terrified of people. I was afraid of man. I was afraid of being heard, which is ironic because now I don't shut up. So, um, so God just used this weak thing, right? So the very first time I ever did street ministry, the very, very first time, I was so excited, and I was so just... Like, ah, we're going to go. And then we got out, and I was like, oh, no, I want to go home. I'm like, this is the scariest thing because I actually have to talk to people. I've been talking all weekend, so my voice is a little bit, so I'm going to continually drink. But um, so I was terrified when we got out, confident in that. Um, so I was out with a, a friend of mine, and that... Um, so I was out with a, a friend of mine in South Florida, and we went to Walmart. And I think God did this to keep me humble, but at that point, and from that point forward for a couple of years, every time I would get a word of knowledge, I would have to ask six or seven people about it before I found the person. But I'd always find the person, but I always had to ask multiple people before. So the very first time, my friend I was out with, he goes, uh, Asia, are you feeling anything? You feeling led to, to, to pray for anybody? You hearing anything from the Lord? And I was like, ah, 
<laughs> I was like, I think that maybe somebody's got like a problem with their liver, like maybe hep C or something. And he's like, cool, let's go find him. And so we, we talked to at least 12 people that day. South Florida, the population is like six times our population Wilkes, I mean, if not more. Um, so we talked to at least 12 people, and I was getting so bummed. I was like, man, I missed it. I was like, but I felt it so strong, but I missed it. I was like, where's the, where's the person? Where's the liver person? We finally found him. He was the very last person we talked to. And he grew up in church, and he grew up in a Pentecostal church. But he'd never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that was the other thing that I had like so strongly in my heart. I was like, somebody's going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit today. And I'm like, we're going to do it. So it ended up being that guy. We prayed for his liver. The pain left. Um, and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it, we had to ask like 12 people. So I used to get really like embarrassed and discouraged. Nobody knows. I'm like, no one even knows what's going on. When you're out on the streets and you approach people, they have no idea that that you just missed it horribly. You just asked them a question, you know what I'm saying? So now I use it as an opportunity and I actually enjoy missing it because I can, it like opens conversation because I just use my awkwardness like to break that ice. I'm like, hey, can I ask you a quick question? Um, do you happen to have knee pain? No, 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 okay, never mind. Just, I was just wondering, can I pray for you anyways? And they're like, yeah, sure. So it always, there's always fruit. It, it just breaks ice. It, it breaks down stony hearts. And so what I want to do is we have some people who were there yesterday, and they're going to come up, and they're going to flex their word of knowledge muscles. So everybody who has a word of knowledge who is at the Take the City event, please come up and share. And can I have Helen come up and play for us, please? Do you mind? Thank you. Okay, so give them grace. Uh, we're going to call out words of knowledge, and if you are responding to that word, please form a line in front of the person you are responding to, okay? Slide down, guys. Come on. Okay, so I saw um, in the left side, let me make sure I'm... Thinking of the right side, yeah. My left side, so what you're facing is right side, but left side about um, lower back in the middle between the spine and the end of your back. I saw like a shooting pain, like a throbbing. Like a, I saw it in the color red, but it was like kind of just like in a circular formation. So if that's you, um, I'd like to pray for you. I just feel like there's somebody that's been bound by something. Since childhood, it feels like it's just been chains wrapped around you and it's something that you haven't been able to see deliverance in. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's just a strong weight and the Lord just wants to unlock it with his love and release you.
someone that's um, you've been under attack with mental anguish you really love the Lord and you know how to capture thoughts into the obedience of the Lord but this has been an assignment of the enemy the Lord wants you to come and he's he wants you to make an exchange with him you give him the anguish and he's going to give you his shalom and the reason why the enemy has directed this assignment against you is because you're about to have an incredible turnaround in your life and I believe that's going to begin today he just desperately wanted to stop this breakthrough in your life but all of it even because it's happened it's um, even today gonna turn to your good so just come he's gonna make it's just a simple exchange I just got a word about somebody who's 43 years old and um, you really need to hear from the Lord and you're just having a really hard time hearing and he wants to let you hear from him. I got a couple. There's uh, someone here that's just having a lot of problem with their eyes. And, um, and, and, and I don't know if it's the same person or somebody different that there's a spirit of discouragement. We're not talking about the, like the normal discouragement. We're talking about like discouragement, almost like what Asia was talking about, where you just go on, God, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to quit. <laughs> I'm, I just can't do this anymore unless you show up. So um, if that's you, come on up. two things one is like somebody's leg like back ankle like right here calf is like mine's like on fire and um, the second one is um, fear fear of man fear of this getting out there going forth and um, this has been going on for a long time since you were a child and um, he wants to break it off so you can fulfill your destiny and fulfill he just wants to break it he just wants to break it Amen, guys. We're going to give them some time to minister. Um, I'm just going to kind of throw them in. If you guys need ministry or if you need healing, if you need a word, just come up. Come up and let them minister to you. Let, let God just minister to your heart. We want to be available. Like my heart, I want to see this church activated and so much more. We have so much here. There's so much gifting here. I want to see you guys like just run. I want to see you going after it. Amen. 
So we, is it okay if we just open the altars for ministry? Okay, cool. I bless you guys. I'm going to pray us out. If you need to leave, go ahead and leave. But I encourage you just to come up for ministry. So, Father, we just thank you for this time, God. I thank you for your great love for us that drives us into your loving arms, God, that drives us into intimacy with you, Lord. And I ask you for each and every heart, God, as they're here and as they're under the sound of my voice, Lord Jesus, that you would encourage them through this week, that you would help them, God, see where the foxes are, God, that they would repent, Lord, that we would repent as a body, that we would turn back to you, to our first love, God, that we would mend the gardens of our heart again, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you, Father, that this next 10 days will take us into greater levels of intimacy than we have ever been in before, God, where we can behold you and become like you, Lord Jesus, where we, God, can can become like you, Jesus. We want to be like you. We want to be seen as little Christ in the earth, Lord. We just thank you for all that you've done, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.